my life just being recorded. Now they've only got Snowy Rose chocolate at Greg's because it's their it's their Christmas edition, but they haven't got any actual uh, Rocky Road chocolate. So they just they've they've just pissed off their their customer base really. But they it's crap. It doesn't taste anywhere near as good as normal Rocky Road. Oh, oh yeah, big fan. It's consumer. What's the what's the difference? Um, it's white chocolate with kind of coconut and. Oh, no. It just tastes crap. If you like Rocky Road, you don't necessarily like this chocolate, so it really appeals to a whole different audience. There you go. Right, <laughs> do you want to come sit over here? Get yourself over here, sweetheart. Let's do my podcast. Oh, I'm doing. With me, yeah. I'd rather not just talk to myself. I, I, to be fair, I'm quite happy just to talk to myself. I do it on a regular basis. While you guys get ready, how long before we get your cotton camp for ready? Sweating the battery, meet likes. Give it 10, 20 minutes. Fine. I know you didn't go to uni, that's why. Okay. My podcast, apps rule everything around me. I'm joined here with uh, Freddie, from my business associate from Vaping Juice. Um, what's the point of uni? You didn't go to uni, Fred? I did not go to uni. No. Why was that? Did I you... didn't see a point in it. Were you, were you... <laughs> <laughs> that's fair enough. Were you, were you encouraged to go? Is it or... Yeah, so we had, um, you had to do all of the, what do they call it? The, the letter, you'd write, oh, your personal statement and all that sort of stuff. The UCAS form. UCAS forms and all that, they, they really pushed us towards it. Um, but I just didn't fancy it. Did you let anyone down? Were you, was it causing? Did it cause any grief at home? No, I was told as long as I do A levels, it's fine. Go and do what you want after that. But got Chantel here. She quit after two weeks. Two, two, two weeks. <laughs> two, two weeks. I was going to turn around and for the purposes of the recording, berate you, but <laughs> I can't because of the. No, no, she was uh, referred to as the uh, the other mixed race girl. So uh, she felt that probably she wasn't welcome, which is ridiculous. Um, I thought, I thought it was, where'd you go, like 1960s Stoke University or something? But um, I was pushed to go. Um, everyone at my school went, um, all the cool kids went. I, I was supposed to, but I look at it now, so basically the reason why I wanted to do this particular podcast was, um, so Gary Vaynerchuk, big person out there in business, he thinks uh, university debt in America is gonna be one of the biggest causes of the next recession he's really he's pro recession because he feels that he's got all his ducks in a row he doesn't spend his money on flash cars and flash things he's saving his money to buy the new york jets um and his belief is the amount of debt in america built up and you know, it's not if, if you've got a student loan in the uk you're not going to become uh, destitute because of it you only pay back when you're in a certain amount but someone somewhere is holding that debt mm. and then banks like they do when they have dodgy mortgages they go i've got an idea here let's package it up as a high risk investment and you've still got to get that, that debt paid back to have any money. So if you're a business that's holding that level of debt on your on your balance sheet as an investment in order to get a yield on it, and it's not providing a yield, and you're tying up your liquidity with that, and then you can't ditch it, it then falls down in value, and it writes huge sums of money off balance sheets, and banks then have a liquidity crisis when they've got to try and make ends meet. Make ends meet. <laughs> so no Christmas party this year, Lloyd. <laughs> um, so who is holding it? In America, for example, there's loads of student loans. So in the UK, we, the UK government privatised the student loans company. They're quite good at that, you know. Let's, let's just palm that one off. Um, but yeah, I suppose I'd rather have it off of the government's balance sheet. But on this, in America, the debt's huge. I mean, it costs. I was looking at doing. Um, when I was younger, I wanted to go to university in America. Um, I'd seen some films. You know, it looked quite good, didn't it? In America, college, college parties, yeah. <laughs> like people in blazers, chinos, and baseball caps. <laughs> I, could, I could get down with that. Um, it's like a hundred grand a year for some of the top universities in America. And we moan about what, seven grand in whatever it is in the UK? Yeah, was it nine, nine grand? Nine grand, grand maximum now. Nine grand maximum. 
Um, and that's a massive thing out here. Like, oh my God, my sister, when she went to uni, she didn't pay anything. They got grants as well. You're yeah. given money to go and buy booze. It's incredible. <laughs> we had to pay for our own alcohol. What kind of shambolic dictatorship is that? Um, and um, I remember that, you'd get your student loan, you'd literally blow it. Like, you'd have no money in your account and then it'd come through and you're like, so I can, I'm gonna get the cash today. I can spend this today. And then you'd go to like the uni bars, you can't have a, just a tray full of shots. <laughs> Education spent well. Um, and um, it's massive money. So they, they, there's, I suppose, look, if you went to a bank and you said, um, there's Sky News <laughs> coming through there. Theresa May's probably just uh, hanged her. She's found the new codes. Yeah, she found the new codes and thought, this isn't going anywhere. I'm bored. Brexit's <laughs> fucked. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> there's no answer. Um, this was a bad idea. <laughs> what is my name for? Um, so, um, if you went to the bank and you said, um, I'd like a loan for £200,000, please. And I said, okay, what sort of collateral you got? Oh, none. No, no I have no collateral. Might be clever one day. Yeah. That's my, uh... I'm really hoping to get a job in an office for, <laughs> in, the, in the public sector. You know, I'm not... There's... You've got no collateral, you've got no background, you've got no payment history, and they're, they're, they are apportioning a sum of money in the government's bank book, in the banker's bank book, to allocate this money. So that money goes somewhere, it goes for the university fees, it goes for the university's upkeep, it goes for all those things, and all the things that go with it. So that money is physically becoming some money, and it's against someone's name. Now you have to pay it back when you earn a certain amount, but that, that interest rate is climbing higher, in some cases in America, for example, than, um, people's mortgage rates which is absurd um, so if you if, if you've got if a working man like for example yourself you pay taxes and you go to university you are paying for your taxes for someone to go to university to study something like geography um, like a conservation science course at Bournemouth University and when they got their student loan they spent it on a big tray of shots <laughs> <laughs> hi nice to I meet you <laughs> <laughs> um, and I can understand why people get pissed off at that yeah um, especially if that brings down an economy so there's there's a huge amount of debt in America that, that they think that that some stage is going to explode where it keeps being repackaged um, at high interest rate yields and at some stage the, the amount of money they paid to buy that loan book isn't being covered by the money coming in because people aren't right. getting those jobs. They're not these dream jobs. And the reality is, is there are people who are leaving school and going in and doing an apprenticeship and a trade in America, in the UK and other parts of the world and are earning more money. Mm. You ever, have you ever had a tradesman around your house? Yeah. How much, you, I mean, what's, the, what's the going rate to, what, what, what job was it? What, what, did you, what did you doing? Um, it was a uh, plumbing. Plumbing. Sort it out. Sing it. Sort your pipes out. Sort your pipes. <laughs> yeah. How much did it cost you? If you don't want me asking. Um, it was quite a while ago. I think it was like 80, 80 quid just to get him through the door. Yeah. And then, God, I don't even know. 80 quid a day is what, 22 grand a year. Yeah. So people go to university and that's the, just a little bit above the average starting university salary. A guy that didn't go to university. No. Oh, I'm assuming, I mean, that's a massive generalization. <laughs> that guy there, yeah. left school at 16. But this, <laughs> I'd imagine he votes UKIP. Charles <laughs> Van. Charles Van, yeah. We've, I found that when, um, quite a few of my friends went off to university, and then I went off and got a job in sales, and I did that for, for a few years. But what I found is, when my friends had finished university, they couldn't find the jobs in the, in the fields that they, they'd studied for. So they ended up coming in and... Get crashed in your pie. Yeah. Yeah, what are you doing here? Exactly. Yeah. Go, go, go back to go history. <laughs> go and save the whales. Yeah, go to marine biology So course. I studied, so I, might, I don't know if I told you before, so how I got my end on my course is, 
I was doing media studies at A-level, which is obviously a very vocational course. Everyone needs a media person. Uh, <laughs> really big industry. Um, and I did it because at the school, so when I, was at, when I was at school, I was at all boys school. And across the road from my house, there was an all girls school. And they took some boys in in the sixth form. And you could wear, like, so say you wear non-uniform. So my school was a full uniform boys school. Uh, and that was half an hour bus journey away, which was hell when you're like small. It's ridiculous. It's like the worst journey ever in the world. It's like basically commuting to to, to London twice a day. Um, and uh, the idea of like you put an 11 year old on a bus and off you go on your own half for an half hour. an hour, 45 <laughs> <Yeah>. minutes. <laughs> into Into doom, um, into like depression for 10 years, <laughs> for six years, five, whatever. And then the school across my road was full of girls and they wore what they liked in the sixth form. I thought, well, that seems the better option. Yeah. And so I found out what course they did. And I said, if you do media studies, you'll get in. So I said, oh, I want to do media studies. I love media. Media is what I do. And so I did media and I got in. And then when I finished that, I thought, well, I've done media studies, so I'm going to go to Bournemouth University. And I found Bournemouth University because I was doing a summer job carrying parcels between offices. This is before we had amazing amounts of email. And... Um, and they'd have to literally take a bag full of letters to the like 200 miles away on a train, hand deliver them by the end of the day, and then go back home again. And it was sunny, and there was a beach with sand. And I come from, come from South End, and you come from Kent, there's no sand on our beaches. Well, there is. It's intermixed with shingle, stones, and needles. Um, so it wasn't a very nice beach. I thought, this is pretty cool. Is there a university? Googled it, there was. I was like, oh, they do a media course. Anyway, I found, so I took, I took joined the course, signed up. Um, she took a gap year and stuff first, but. First day of the course, I walked in a bit late, and there was 120 nerds, I mean, 119 nerds, I'm sure I was a nerd as well, I'm quite nerdy, um, all staring at me, not a single girl. I thought, this is a strange media studies course. Anyway, I found it very quickly, it was actually multimedia, so it was actually the computer architecture behind media systems, how to uh, program it. So, not the same. yeah, I should have probably done some research. Um, so I, I managed to, to Blag it for a year, and when I was out one evening, I was chatting to this uh, my mate's girlfriend. I said, "Oh, what'd you study?" She goes, "Oh, geography." I was like, "Oh, okay. Where'd you study that?" She's like, "Same university as you. That's why I'm here at the university." I was like, "Really, geography?" She's like, "Yeah." I said, oh, "How many hours a week is it?" She's like, ten hours a week." I was like, "I'm on 22 hours a week." So I changed courses the next year. I spent the rest of that year right. in an inflatable armchair smoking weed, um, <laughs> playing Kelly Slater Surf on the Xbox, and I was amazing. I won all of the medals and trophy awards on that. Um, so I got something out of that year, but. Um, and um, and I changed courses, but I did geography. And the only reason why I really did university course was I wanted some letters after my name. I suppose in reality, once you've got a degree, you, you get letters chasing your name. But um, I just, I've, I've not really used anything that I've ever had in that. No. Um, and I think there's so many kids nowadays who, who, are, who are, you look at some, if, if you wanted to work for a company, if you want to drive a car, you want to drive the best cars. If you want to work for a company, you want to work for the best companies. You want to own a company, you want to have the best company in your eyes. Why would you want a degree that's not the best degree? Because it's not, like even to this day now, when, when I remember when I was applying for graduate jobs, if you if you put down what university you're at, they'd probably laugh at you, or they'd just say, "Well, that's not a degree. You haven't got a degree. It doesn't count as a degree." Right, just because it's from this. Yeah, if it's not from one of the Cambridge, Oxford, King's College, UCL, Warwick, Durham, or wherever, it's or Bristol or wherever, it's just not. It's, it doesn't. So, what do you think is done? Butter thy parsnips. <laughs> What do you think your what's your degree done for you? I tell you one thing, and this is the thing, this is the one thing I'll give university, so I'll give it the flip side, is um, most people go, oh, it's actually the experience sorry, my feet are on your feet there. <laughs> I thought that was very comfy. Yeah. Um, knocking down here. Um, it's the experience aspect. So um, I got loads of notches on my bedpost. 
that I really wouldn't have got um, if I'd probably been living at home with my parents still. So there's, that's always an upside. That's a winner. Yeah. Um, and uh, actually, I did one of these Facebook tests recently that says how many, says you can work out how many people you slept with, and it was fucking wrong. So wrong. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, university helped me for that. Uh, I, and I met a good mate. I met some good mates. Um, could I have met some great mates if I'd gone and done an apprenticeship at British Aerospace and learned how to build submarines? Probably would have learned moment. Would I be doing my own businesses now and have the flexibility I have in life? Probably not. No, so that's, that, but then I put that down to other things in my life as well. I think I've always, when I was a kid, I used to, we found a shop near my mate's house out in South Woodham out in Sticks and they used to sell porn mags to kids. Um, it wasn't their business model, wasn't we sell porn mags to kids or, you know, Paul Mags Light wasn't their shop sign, it was they just sold Paul Mags to kids. Um, and we worked our way up, so we started off by buying the Daily Sport, which I don't know if it even, does it even still exist anymore? No. Uh, no, probably not. Me too, you can't have it anymore, can you? Um, and uh, Billy, did you ever buy a Daily Sport when you were younger? Uh, no. Do you know what Daily Sport is? Uh, it's basically, it's a lowbrow The Sun. If you can imagine that, <laughs> if you can imagine something more lowbrow than the sun, um, yeah, it was like, uh, so the sun would have something like on it, like, I don't know, imagine now, like, Kate Middleton um, stalked by paparazzi, and the Daily Star would run a similar, Daily Sport would run an article going, uh, Kate Middleton's nurse, naked, sleeping with a paparazzi member, something like that, they'd just take a little twist on it and they'd yeah, make it worse. Drag it down a bit. Um, Girl called Kate Middleton, asterisk, not Kate Middleton, not Princess Kate, um, sleeps with aliens. <laughs> that would be like their heading in the paper. So it was a low brow of the sun. Um, and although anyone from Liverpool probably thinks nothing's lower brow than the sun. Um, they hate it. But, um, so yeah, we'd, we'd start off, you know, it's like, it's like the gateway, basically. It's a gateway drug. Buy a day, <laughs> right. you, you think, oh, he sells a daily sport, brilliant. And then you start getting like the motorbike magazines, which would have women on the front of them. You could get those. And you pretend you pretend at the age of 12, 13, you like motorbikes. I love this bike. Yeah. yeah. So it's my favourite Harley. <laughs> love a quack. Um, and, and then we just move straight into porn. Um, <laughs> and it's like, it's funny because no one has this experience now. I've just suddenly thought about this, right? I'm 36 years old. There is no way that anyone growing up now, right now ever has the experience that kids had my age when you'd... You'd, you'd be looking at that top shelf and you're thinking, oh, I really want to get that magazine. I want to get what's inside there. I want that information inside me. No one, right? And so you'd you'd walk in with your mates, you'd hover around. What do you, you think maybe I'm going to nick it? Because nicking it was obviously a less embarrassing way. If you got caught nicking it, that was embarrassing. But nicking it itself was, was scary, but it was less embarrassing than actually going to the counter and going, there we go. Here you go, some money. Let's uh, let, let's finish this very quickly. <laughs> and um, Got a bag. yeah, and so um, you'd kind of you jostle over who's going to do it, and then one of you, the, the older one generally, or the braver one, it was always the braver one, even if he's older or younger, would, would buy it, and you'd come out and go, oh my fucking god, we've got a porn mag, and then you'd look at it, and then one of you would take it home, or you'd have turns with it, which oh, is that's... disgusting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And no one goes through that now. No. This is why my, my generation is a tougher generation. I'd say tougher than my grandparents' generation who went to the war because uh, <laughs> they didn't even have this temptation, the social shame. Now, it was, uh, you don't know, they've got websites, haven't you? There are websites, apparently. There are, I've heard of them. <laughs> we search for a friend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, so, um, I have completely no idea why I'm talking about porn. Uh, so it's an easy thing to do. Um, so, Oh God, I've lost my train of thought. 
No, no, I have no idea. Where was I going with the porn? We were talking about was it was it what would you get out of it? Um, and then it was, I think it was an analogy you were using. It was an analogy that lost its complete <laughs> value in Right, so we then get that magazine. Yep. And we would take the posters out. My mum had a guillotine at home, the paper one, not the human uh, beheading <laughs> one, which, you know, France still had it in their territories up until 1979, the guillotine. I did know that. I told you that, didn't I? You did? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was probably you. I think it was like one of the French colonies did it. Still. Anyway, um, I don't know the exact. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Paper guillotine. So if it was an A4, slice it. You know, take the, take the, the staples out. Real careful job. Take them out. Because then you've got, you know, probably got two posters. You've got reverse poster. If it's an A3 one, winner because they're worth more money. Um, and we would then sell them at school. And that was my first entry into business. Nice. And uh, and I've yeah. So what did you do with the A3 ones? Were you like chopping them in half? No, you, A3 one was, was you pay more. So I think it was on like 20p for an A4 poster. It was double-sided. You know, sometimes you might have a bit of text on the back or you might have Reader's Wives. Do you know what Reader's Wives is? Yeah. Do you know what Reader's Wives is? No. Okay, just for the purposes of, uh, <laughs> of crew here. Reader's Wives, Billy, was um, when readers would send in, men readers, would send in pictures of their wives naked. Um, and this is before the era of duck pouts, um, lip fillers, fake breasts, uh, Veet hair removal cream, <laughs> the gym, <laughs> tanning, tanning salons, tanning oil, literally everything. Everything that, that, that women and even men use now to make themselves look attractive. Imagine none of that. <laughs> and then imagine the audience was a lot older as well. That was Reader's Wives, Billy. And then they'd be nice. like, this is Jane. 36 from Chertsey. Uh, you know, thanks, Jane. So you get sometimes you get a bit of that on the back of it. Um, or you just get some adverts offering um, enhancement pills and stuff. This is going well off train of thought. Anyway, so we'd sell those and we'd make money and I got in trouble. I got caught. So, uh, um, cool, selling. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we moved on to uh, floppy disks, <laughs> which does sound like another analogy, um, which is again, um, to use, Billy, have you ever seen a 1.44 megabyte floppy disk? I have. What, a museum? Wait, I don't know, I don't know which one. I don't you know, know the little, little weird now. No, they're, they're, they're three and a quarter inch, um, and they're little plastic squares, they're quite thin. This was yeah. like, this, this was, we have then started selling those at school, like with just like a bunch of files in there, but they were like just the low, they were almost like, you know when you watch, um, have you played, you played the game Duke Nukem 3D? Yeah. You know there's like scenes in there with like a, a lady in it and stuff. Yeah. It has the same resolution as those cartoon images oh, basically. So you're not even sure if it's a real person. So that's what you were selling? Then it? we started moving on to electronic products, yeah. Which was the advanced stage. That was the real revolution. Um, I remember we used to get computer games where you'd literally get a stack of 10 3.25 megabyte hard drive. That's still only 32 meg. That's barely an app. That's barely a yeah, face a nice. face mashing app. Uh, <laughs> um, before that, we had cassettes as well. That was way before your time. Um, anyway, so um, that's my analogy. That's what I learned. I learned business, um, but I made friends at uni, um, and I think that's probably one of the advice. But then you make friends elsewhere. But then yeah, you look at you got a plumber come around at eighty quid just for a call out charge, probably one hundred and fifty quid for the work. Mm. Does it in a day, sweet, made really good money, that's 60 grand a year. So um, does university have a place? Do you feel that you would be where you are in business now with your business ideas and your businesses and your involvement with, say, vape and juice, uh, if you'd been to uni? Or do you think you'd be doing something different, entirely different? I feel like I'd, it depends. I think it's because when if I was, if what course I would have picked at 18, I 
probably have absolutely no interest in now. Yeah. So I feel like it probably wouldn't be that much. What would you do if you could do any course now? Oh, um, I'd like to go and do something like a, like an MBA or something like that. Yeah, that's the real problem, isn't it? Life experience has, has, has shaped you now, what mm. you're prepared to take a financial investment on and doing for, mm. for... And what I did when I was... I'd love to do something like strategic advertising or something. Yeah. Um, but um, I... Oh, you little fucker, it's just cut the thing off. Fuck you, Skype. You called on Skype? Still going, so I'm going to have to mash this up. Um, Damn you, Skype app. Using the Anchor app. It's a great little app. It allows you to do a podcast on the phone. Um, but, of course, Skype also likes to interrupt everything in the whole wide world. Um, so, um, yeah, I would do some strategic marketing, strategic mm. advertising. And I wouldn't do geography. No. I feel like I'd probably be behind. I was, because obviously you'd have that. You'd have a... It would be a delay, wouldn't it? Because you would have been spend, spending that time doing that. You'd be like, well, 20, you'd only come out four years ago. Yeah. How long have you been working for? Since the age of 18? Yeah. Well, 16. Fuck. Jesus. You're like old school. <laughs> Man and boy. Yeah. <laughs> used to go down the mine. <laughs> used to wear glass shoes. Yeah. <laughs> walk over hot coals. That's well, impressive. I think the, the reason why I didn't I didn't want to do it as well is because, because pretty much everybody else in my class was doing it and I thought that it's kind of devalued it if everyone else is doing it. Yeah. Because when, um, if it's something special and it's going to give you quite a competitive edge, then it, it makes sense. But if it's, it's devalued if everyone's doing it. You're married, you've got a little one, hopefully on the way at some stage. I'm gonna... <laughs> <laughs> would, you, uh, would you encourage your kids to go to, go to uni? Um, I would, but I would put, if they, if they wanted to do it, I'd say if you're going to do it, do it properly and I, I'd get them to go over to when we went to Stanford. I yeah, that was, incre- that was incredible. Where I could yeah. put them through that. So we went over to Stanford in San Francisco and that is literally mind-blowing. They have, um, the whole place is set up for cool. They've got campuses that are named after like Hewlett and Packard or Bell and Packard. I think they're the same people, aren't they? They're not the same people, but they are definitely mates. He <laughs> <laughs> doesn't have five names. <laughs> but no, they're Packard. Is it pa- Hewlett, Packard or Packard and Bell? Packard David Bell. David Packard and Gary Bell Gary <laughs> Gary Odell yeah, the Bell not... Gary the Bell Odell <laughs> <laughs> used to be a boxer bare knuckle fighter <laughs> then made some computers I have no idea of the first names um, but they've got they've got the auditoriums named after these people who've made these things it's incredible they have like Bill Gates come and speak to them they've got it's just and that's why Silicon Valley uh, sprouted up because it's right around where there's just incredible talent um, in the on the fields outside uh, the buildings they've got like bushes and they know people want to sit down and chill out and look at the surroundings and they've got Wi-Fi repeaters in the bushes to give that Wi-Fi signal whereas you just couldn't imagine a UK university no. doing that without trying to have it advertising Greg's <laughs> like limitations of what you can actually access it'd just yeah. be awful um, yeah I think that's right I think do it do it properly yeah I always thought surely it's, you either want to have an amazing uni degree or have an amazing apprenticeship yeah like I'd rather have little George go to work for an incredible company at a really young age and I can clean it's getting it's back getting close to people isn't it if you can get close to real top people even if you're just cleaning their shoes you've probably got, you're already on the path to making it in in London a lot of the guys I know who work in the city uh, the ones who've done really well are the ones who, at the age of 16, 17, they were like ticket boys. So they would run, they would they'd get, you, you see like Nick, one of my business partners as well, he, um, 
they do like chicken nugget challenges in their office and stuff. Those kids doing those challenges are 17, 18 year old school leavers. Um, they're on real basic money, but they know that they're getting in with that company. That once they're in now, they're in and they're gonna yeah. make great careers and they're gonna be on six figure salaries in 15, 16 years time. Not 16, I don't know where that's come from, but it's about getting your foot through the door. So I think that's right. I think great uni or, or great, great apprenticeship. But um, that's all, that's all we've got time for. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. What are your thoughts? Stick them in the comments below. That's another episode of The Hustle. Ta-ta. Hi guys, welcome to The Mob Show. This is Mason on Business. So as I'm heading back from uh, the pet store, getting my uh, my fully grown cat kitten food, which is the wife's domain. Apparently he still likes kitten food only. Um, I thought I'd cover a quick topic I've done before and I'm gonna do it again because I think it's really important and I see so many businesses still fail in this. So um, you've got a bricks and mortar shop, right? You're offline, so you're competing with online business, and you're competing with how people use the internet these days. How many times have you have you gone into a, another town and you're looking for, I don't know, if you're if you're a lady, you're looking for hair salon, barbers. Uh, if you're a guy looking for a nail salon, see what I did there. Um, but you, you go to Google, and even if you're going to use an offline business, what's the first thing you do? You pick your phone up. It's an extension of you anyway, and you Google nail salon near me. You Google men's barbers, you Google whatever, you Google pizza place, pizza shop, pizza rest pizza shop, who's a pizza shop? Pizza restaurant, London or Clapham, whatever. And so we use Google for our offline needs, we use it online, okay? So we are actively using on a daily basis to implement and to support and enhance our offline searches, we use Google, right? So that's what you gotta get. If you have an offline business and your business is bricks and mortar and you have not got a Google or Bing or Yelp or wherever map location, get your head sorted out. You are the fundamental obstacle for you not to win more business, okay? Just because you're offline doesn't mean you don't embrace online. The very first thing you need to be doing at the end of this podcast, in fact, forget about it. Turn this off now and go straight to Google tools, Google business. Add your location to Google, add a location, Google my business, okay? And I'm not suggesting, one of the, one of the tools that Google has is you can add a, like a facebook kind of business page for Google. That's not so important. What is important is you get your business listed and verified, and then you add quality photos to that listing immediately. And once you've done that, go to Yelp. I know if you're in the UK, you probably don't use Yelp. Doesn't fucking matter, because Google highly scores Yelp. It's an algorithm that's international, not geographic to your town. It doesn't 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 uh, understand, so you have to excuse my, uh, my cold and I've got a flu light. Google's algorithm doesn't consider your opinions towards Yelp. Google's algorithm doesn't consider your opinions towards Foursquare. Do you know, you know what I'm getting here? Do you know where I'm going with this? Ignore your own opinions and put them down. Here's a tip. Exactly how you write your telephone number, exactly how you write your address, exactly how you write your bio, your description, and the f- things you sell, put it into a Word document so it's consistent and then go to each of these platforms. I'm gonna tell them for you. Google, Yelp, Foursquare. You're in the UK, go to Sun Business Directories. Go to Scoot, go to Touch Local, go to Thompson, go to Yelp Pages, or Yelp. 
go to all of those as well as your Facebook and set up a page for that and keep the content consistent across all of them, okay? So you're gonna go to Google and you're gonna register a new location and you're gonna put the same details in exactly the same way. When I say the same way, imagine this is your last assignment you're ever gonna submit. Man, this is your business, you better get this right. So if you put a space between the the location part of your telephone number and the final six numbers, you put a space on Facebook, you put a space on Sun, you put a space on Thompson, and you keep doing this so it's exact across every single platform. What happens there? is Google scores you with a local SEO score. See, it does the same what it does to businesses online, how it scores websites, it does it to locations. And so when someone types in, like you, pizza restaurant, Clapham, the company that have been consistent across all of those metrics, the company that have made a point of listing themselves across all of those platforms, a company that's made the point of updating that content and adding up-to-date photos, and setting themselves as verified by making sure they're there to answer a telephone call with a code, to make sure they submit a code they receive by post. So a company that makes the effort to do those small things and then get some reviews is gonna appear above everyone else. You wanna know how people come up on that listings ahead of you? It's because they do this stuff. They do the things that you haven't bothered doing. They do that different, they do the extra step. Now you do that stuff and you'll start getting on there and then you get some reviews. In fact, you get all your friends to review it, get all your staff to review it. Bosh, immediately you've got the reviews. But let's go back to the basics. Get yourself on Google Map listings. Get your details correct across all, the, across all of the different platforms and you can do that by keeping one master file in your Word file, in Word document, a notepad, hell, write down with pen and paper on the back of an envelope. It doesn't really matter, just make sure it's consistent. Could I hammer home that point enough? don't do it consistent, your local SEO score falls, your seems is inconsistent, therefore not a valid necessarily form of location data and a lower quality form of data. It's funny that. You know how people judge you for bad spelling and bad grammar? Google's algorithm does it, so you better start caring. Use platforms like Grammarly if you're not sure of spelling correctly. Get someone who can, because this is your business, you should care enough to ask someone. Get someone who can look at stuff with an objective opinion and go, yeah, that is exact. Then verify it. How do you verify it? It'll ask you for a telephone number, and it'll ask you for an address. If you, ask, if you give the address details, it will send you a postcard. That postcard, postcode, postcard, will have a code on it. Take that card, and you pop that code into the verify section of your Google business listings, and then you're verified and then you'll appear on the maps. When people start searching for a pizza restaurant and it's your pizza restaurant, you might show up. It's that important. Okay, I hope I've got that through to you. If you find this useful, if you've got a topic you want me to talk about on other podcasts, other shows, obviously subscribe to uh, Mob Show on YouTube, hit us up on Instagram, it's the underscore Mob Show, write a comment below and please, if you have found this useful and you get yourself verified and you get a customer that says, and you say, how'd you find me? Because I always ask people, how'd you find me? And they go, Google. I want you to remember that and do me one solid. Please share it on to a friend. Share the love. Happy Christmas. The Bob Show.